let's do it, man. Okay, welcome, Jonathan Goodman, to No Excuses, Real Inspiration with Scott Marshall. So, um, it's a real pleasure to have a man of your calibre on my show. Um, thank you for giving up your time. Um, but obviously, a lot of the viewers may not know you. Um, just give a brief introduction of who you are and what you've done in the past. In the past decade, yeah, I've been in the fitness industry for 17 years now, which is crazy when I think about that. I got certified a week after my 18th birthday and was a personal trainer at the University of Gym for three years while I was studying kinesiology. So my second to fourth year graduated, started personal training full time. You know, I figured that I'd be a personal trainer for a few years before I went back and became a doctor or something like that, because, you know, still kind of today, but but definitely back then, personal training just wasn't thought of as a viable career choice. No, And so... It was always going to be something that I did, you know, until I figured out what I was going to do. And um, I don't know, man, I loved it. Like, I love training clients. I, I, I still say that I'm going to go back to train clients at some point in my life. But things kind of took me a different direction. I ended up writing a book for personal trainers. Yeah. And uh, the, the book started to do well, started a website for personal trainers. And the book still now, 10 years later, is still the number one ranked book on Amazon for trainers. It's called Ignite the Fire. And yeah. the website's reached 20 million people. And since then, I've written 10 more books, put on five conferences, uh, created the only certification for online fitness. And uh, I'm still kind of just making it up as I go, man. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's funny you mentioned your book because that's that's where I came across you many years ago when I became certified uh, within the health and fitness industry. Um, that's cool. But I actually prefer, um, if I must admit, I do prefer your audiobooks okay. on, on Amazon. The, I prefer to listen to you rather than having to read. Um, right. you know, cool stories, I, I much prefer that. So anyone listening, buy his books online, um, audio, um, but obviously go for the paper copy if that's your you know, go-to as well. Okay, so Jonathan. It's, it's, gonna... it's interesting because I hate audiobooks, like personally. <laughs> And so it's interesting because uh, first of all, for anybody who's ever recorded a book, like recording an audio book is the most miserable experience you could ever imagine. Because I mean, you're sitting there and I've, I've read this thing hundreds of times at this point. Right. I mean, it's just, it gets to the point where where you're recording the audio book and it's finished. I mean, you don't want to look at that material anymore. And then I'm sitting there and I have to read it line by line. Perfect. And if I miss up a little part or whatever it is, I got to go back. And it's like, it's like three days in the studio Yeah. to read this thing. You know, your mouth gets all poachy and, and cementy and stuff. It's just not fun. So I'm glad that you enjoy it. Uh, the ignite the fire. I actually didn't do that audio book. That was one of my few books that I didn't, I had a voice actor do, but, uh, but most of the other ones I've done and I'll do all of them moving forward. But, but yeah, man, I hate audiobooks. I hate listening to them. I can't, I can't stand it. So it's always weird for me. I'm like, why would people like this? I just want to sit down and read a book. But yeah, it's, well, people do. From for myself, obviously, if I go out running or if I'm in the gym, I'll I'll listen to um, somebody doing an audiobook. Um, you know, because or if I go running or in the car, um, just because I think for yourself, because how big and inspirational you are. Um, 20 minutes listening, um, it, it changes your day. So that mm. definitely changes your mindset because, you know, obviously if you've got plans 
and then you're like, oh, well, okay, Jonathan's thinking like that. Maybe I should be, you know. Okay, but we're here to find out about your proper fitness journey, Jonathan. So we're going to go back to your school years. So okay. in school, what sort of sporting activities were involved in? I was never good at sports. Never. <laughs> and it's funny because we did, I don't know if you have it there, 23andMe, this genetics testing. Uh, no, I've not heard of it. It's, it's, it's a genetics testing that you can do. And um, my wife and I did it. It's like a saliva test that you do when you send okay. it into a lab and I tell you about everything. My wife and I did it because we were having trouble getting pregnant. So we wanted to make sure there was nothing, you know, there was nothing wrong. But, uh, but when it comes back, it tells you all of these things about your genetic makeup. And one of the things it tells you is kind of your muscle fiber type. Yeah. And, uh, and so anybody who studied, you know, kinesiology, exercise science knows that like different humans just have different muscle fiber types. Like some people have a higher percentage of fast twitch, low twitch, whatever. And so I was never really good at sports. I was the kid who always just kind of barely made the team because I tried harder than everybody else. And the coach always felt bad for me because I tried so hard, but I was never quite good <laughs> enough. And so it's funny because those tests came back. And of course my wife is like, you know, high caliber athlete, like, like one national cheerleading title yeah. like national team gymnast, like top. So her test comes back and it's like, you are a top level athlete. Like you are like strong, powerful, everything, right? Like, like you're like a championship level athlete. I can't remember what the exact words are, but it basically said that. Yeah. <laughs> Mine came back and it's like, you should run middle distance, reasonably slow, and you're prone to straining ligaments. <laughs> it was just like it was so it was so clearly like you're just not athletic dude so i was never really good at anything so all of this to say i was never really good at anything i played sports my whole life um i played baseball like like baseball i enjoyed but i played ice hockey because i'm canadian yeah and i played that up until after university as well and i mean i enjoyed it i was never very good at it for the amount that i tried and the amount that i practiced i was pretty shit <laughs> yeah um, but because I tried and I practiced so hard, I started to be halfway decent. And then, you know, a funny thing happens, like I'm 36 years old now, a funny thing happens in like your mid twenties, as you start, as you and your friends start to actually work full-time jobs is all of your friends start to get in worse and worse shape. And so it becomes really easy to just beat the shit out of them in sports because they're just in such bad shape. So I basically just like kept playing hockey and played like beer league baseball and stuff like that. And every year I didn't get better. They just got so much worse because they just kept getting into yeah. worse and worse shape totally. that it just seemed like I was getting better. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of what happened. <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> um, okay. So let's, you know, obviously you spoke about being in, involved in health and fitness for 17 years now. Um, mm -hmm. you know it's a long time so how did you make that journey obviously um, I've listened to your books but it's just for the viewers obviously to listen to your story tonight so, so how did I what so how, how did you become um, how did you get certified what pushed you to become a personal trainer all those years mm -hmm. ago oh at the university gym I went to the University of Western Ontario in London, Ontario, which is about two hours west of Toronto. And in the university gym back then, 
every student was entitled to two free personal training sessions. That was just something that the, that yeah. the university offered. And so I, I took him up on it. I mean, I had been in the gym since I was about 15 years old. And I took him up on it because I was like, you know, might learn something. Let's see what this personal training thing is all about, whatever it is. And I was 17 years old because I, I went to university when I was 17. And I had my first personal training session. And I remember distinctly kind of, kind of sitting back afterwards. I was like, well, shit, I can do that. That looks like fun. And that yeah. was it. Yeah, uh, you know, at that point, you could only get certified at 18. So I waited for my 18th birthday. Yeah. And I took the test soon afterwards and then starting second year university, which again, I was, I was 18 years old because my birthday is the end of October. So I was 18 years old when I started second year university. So I was, I was personal training from when I was 18 years old. So and, you, uh, and it was all because of that. It was all because we had that free session in university. Yeah. So would you say that, you know, after, you know, whoever took you for that first session or the, or the second session, they inspired you to, to push yourself forward? I don't even remember who it was, to be honest. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if I'd say that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'd say that, man. Um, yeah. did, did they inspire me to push me forward? I don't think so. No, probably just yourself. I think, I think they were just, I think it was just right place, right time. Yeah. Totally. I honestly think that's all that was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if I was to say, you know, obviously you've been involved, you know, you were a personal trainer and then you became a writer. So how, how did that evolve? <laughs> <laughs> how did that evolve? I have no idea. How did that evolve? <laughs> Um, I, man, I don't know. Jesus. I don't know. It's interesting looking back. Cause I can, I can look back at high school and I always did well in English class, yeah. even though I never particularly enjoyed it, but I, I look back and I can kind of piece it together, which is always dangerous because when we piece together, you know, memories, it always smooths out the lines and always makes it feel like there was like a plan all along or this yeah. was destined to be, I don't think that, that was the case, but in grade 12, I did my English credit the year before school started in England. Yeah. And so I did an exchange, which, I mean, it's one thing studying Shakespeare. It's another thing studying Shakespeare and then going to the Globe Theater and watching a Shakespeare play. <laughs> and so I had that experience and the teacher was fantastic. She encouraged us to write about what we were interested in. She encouraged us to like, we do a final project and it was like, okay, let's present where this happened. So, you know, my final project was in front of Warwick Castle. We just like the whole class went there and we presented there and it was a pass fail. It wasn't a, you know, get a mug because English is so subjective to mug English is such a weird thing for high school. So yeah. it was a pass fail, which I think that she and that experience really embedded in me this like this like love and passion for English. In addition, I was always good at it. Um, and my mom was an English teacher. And then but I never wrote anything. But then after university, yeah, man, I don't even know. Like after university ended, I became a poet. I didn't write anything in university. I didn't write anything after. I wasn't like that kid with a journal who like wrote yeah. short stories, like none of that. But then for some reason, at some point, I was trying so many different things. You know, I was, I was 23 years old. 
I had reached kind of the top level that you can reach as a personal trainer. I was charging as much as I could charge. Yeah. I was training as many hours as you could train. And I was referring my overload of clients to other trainers, getting a commission. And I was earning a bit of a salary because I was the senior trainer at our club as well, doing like some of the hiring, some of the in-service yeah. stuff. I was 23 years old. So I was just searching for like what comes next. I knew I didn't want to open up a gym. I just knew it wasn't right for me. Yeah. So I was searching for what comes next. And I was just searching. It wasn't like, wasn't like some magical thing. I mean, I built two business plans for smoothie operations. I studied residential real estate investing, like I just anything. Yeah. And when I came across this idea of infopreneuring, basically sell your information, it was like a light bulb went off. Yeah. And, and this is, keep in mind, this is like back in 2009. So the idea that you can sell your information on the internet was kind of revolutionary at that point. Not like now, now it's obvious. Now it's like, yeah, no, of course you can. Back then it was like, how do you do this? Like it was, it was very new. And so, um, so a light bulb went off, but it was, you know, I tried it. I tried it. Like I tried everything else. Yeah. And for some reason it stuck. For some reason, I just enjoyed doing it and I kept doing it and I kept going deeper with it and I kept being energized by it. So I stuck with it. I think no, that was all that there was to it. I had no idea that it was, you know, looking back, sure, that experience where my mom was in English, we always got read to, for sure. The experience in, in grade 12 English in England, 100%. But like I studied kinesiology in university. Yeah. You know, there was no writing. It was, it was science. Yeah, totally. And then, you know out of your journey um so do you prefer to you know at this part of your your journey in life um are you re really happy you know obviously you've been in health and fitness for so many years but now you're you know a very successful writer worldwide um but obviously you've got so many plans for the near future with many more books on the horizon i would imagine <laughs> maybe maybe okay maybe we'll see i'm gonna do i'm gonna be doing a 10-year anniversary for okay. my for my first book for ignite the fire i'm gonna be putting that out in the middle of next year uh, beyond that i'm not sure i mean i'm always playing with books so i have a fiction book that i've kind of been working on for a while which is like a parable in the gym and so it's got all of these fun uh like 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 there's the big bad you know big box gym owner there's a character named brorilla which is like the dude who's just like massively internally rotated. He can only grunt. He can't speak. And he's got little like twig legs. <laughs> there's um, yeah. So there's, 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 there's lots of like funny, funny characters. So, I mean, I'm always playing around with yeah. stuff, okay. but who knows what will see the light of day or what won't, you know, most, most of the writing that I do these days, to be honest, is just for me selfishly. I just have fun with it. Nah, totally. You've got to enjoy it. Ah. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So obviously with a busy schedule, how do you fit everything in with, you know, family, um, your own training, you know, writing books? Um, mm -hmm. Do you still do online coaching? Do you do any coaching uh, at all? No, I don't, I don't do any online coaching, no. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I've actually never coached a client online myself, which surprises people because I actually wrote the textbook on it. Yeah. But I've actually never coached a, a client online myself. I owned a coaching business that had eight coaches working for us at one point. Uh, we've, we've since shut that down, but um, I mean, most of my time now is spent on my own personal brand, my own personal community. Yeah. And then that feeds our business ventures on the back end. 
So we have education, we're coming out with software yeah. and, uh, and we have a mentorship, uh-huh. but you know, what a lot of people don't realize about how the world works these days. And what I didn't realize for a couple of years, and I'm going all in on now is you don't actually need to advertise and conventional marketing is by and large um, secondary priority is personal brand is everything. And then, and then once you have that strong personal brand, you can use that to feed multiple business ventures. Yeah, totally. And those business ventures can be run at much higher profitability as well because they don't have the lead generation costs. So what I'm doing is I'm investing just really heavily into personal brand. Yeah. And, um, and our team in the background is, is building out just these crazy, like super simple, really, really valuable uh, business ventures on the back that we don't ever expect to market. Like when yeah. have you ever seen Tesla Motors market? Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, no. just, I, like, I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, I, I just see I totally, Elon Musk's face every day. Yeah, I totally get what you mean by personal brand because um, I'm actually just starting my own. Obviously, I've been involved in health and fitness since 2014, um, so mm-hmm. a couple of years now. Um, but I work full time as a gym instructor, so I work 35 hours a week. I, I have PT clients, I've got fitness classes. Now I'm taking more to do with online. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm actually doing stuff with on Podio. I don't know if you've heard of the website. I have not. Okay, so basically on Podio, effectively you upload your online classes, and it's on demand, and people go on and buy. Oh, uh, okay. It's one stuff. of those. Yeah. Cool. So that that's what I'm working on just now, um, to try and free up more time for myself because, as you know, working this industry you can burn the candle both ends right um okay so yeah i mean i agree with that like i think you know i think you're doing it the smart way is hey by the way if you don't have to deal with any of the nonsense of like having a good platform to post your stuff on and whatever it's worth paying another company to host it and deal with all that stuff so you can focus on what matters most yeah which are things like your podcast which is your personal brand and then maybe five years from now you know, you'll, that stuff, like, like your personal stuff will be taken off so much that then you'll decide, okay, it's worth me. I don't know what you're paying this company, you know, 20%, 30%, whatever of, of whatever yeah. you, you make, right. Yeah. Then maybe it's worth for me to build my own and not pay them that amount to host it. But the time being, I think it's absolutely worth it. Yeah. It makes more sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for yourself, um, how do you manage your nutrition, Jonathan? I eat what's in front of me. Yeah, I've never I've never had an issue with that. I mean, my my issue is that I can't put on weight. It's not that I you right. know have to okay. have to take it off. I've always been active. I've never been able to sit still, and so it's never really been anything that I've that I've worried with. I mean, my you know my wife is super healthy and 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 active and fit. We met while we were both personal trainers, and so we've always just eaten healthy. Yeah. Um, aside from when she's pregnant, and I you know go over to the bathroom and I find like crackers just in the bathroom upstairs. Like basically every corner of the house, there's just like crackers or like little, little <laughs> snack foods or whatever. And then I'm eating all that stuff. But for the most part, we just naturally, like, I just feel better when I eat like yeah. a human being. I mean, I sure I'll have a beer. Sure. I'm living in Mexico, so I'll have some tequila or whatever, but yeah. um, you know, we don't really keep junk food in the house. 
Yeah. But we have rules around that. And so just to give one example, neither of us, I mean, this is just between, between Alice and I, just one of our rules for kind of running our, our own personal life is that neither of us really care if the other one eats junk food. Yeah. But we don't keep it in the house. Okay. And so that way, if we decide to get it, we just go out and get it. Yeah. Right. If I really want a chocolate bar, totally cool. I'll walk to the gas station and get a chocolate bar. Yeah. It happens, you know, (laughs) but it's not, but the point is it's not an impulse thing. Yeah. It's not an impulse thing is the point. Ah, totally. And then, so out of your week, obviously, you know, you know, you've got your, you're working on your personal brand. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite part of the week? Um, the, the, the one thing that you do throughout the week? Yeah. I mean, right now it's doing these podcasts, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you're the, you're the third podcast of 18 that I'm recording this week. Wow. That's a busy week. Uh, I'm doing like 70, 70, 80 podcasts in a month and a half. Wow. And so it's, it actually beat me up a lot the first week that I did them for no other reason than I felt like I should have been doing something else. You know, they cut up your day a lot. Like, yeah. like that's the issue. It's not, I get energized by them. Like I like them. Like I get amped up by doing these. I love meeting you mostly like, like Scott, that's why I'm doing this is to meet you. It's not to yeah. get access to your audience. It's to get to know you better because exactly. the types of people who have podcasts are the types of people I want to get to know in the industry. Right. Yeah. So I get amped up meeting you. Right. But at the same time, they cut up the day a lot, Yeah, which means it's very hard for me to get into other work. And what I'm, what I've done, what's taken me a little bit of time to get over is like, nah, it's okay that this is my primary focus right now. Yeah. Right. Is these podcasts. And when I made that kind, when that switch kind of flipped, I started getting less overwhelmed. And I think that the lesson there is really important, not necessarily just for podcasts, but like, if you're really honest with yourself and saying, this is the most important thing for me to do right now, you got to go all in on that thing. You got to go to the edge of the map on that thing and kind of just not give a shit about a lot else. Like I have a lot of emails and administrative stuff and whatever that just simply is not getting done. Cause you know what? just kind of doesn't matter just because it's there present in your face. Yeah. Just because somebody happened to email you doesn't mean that whatever that business opportunity is, is important. It's just present. Yeah, totally. Right. And so it's been, it's been valuable for me to really just make that like, like become really aware of that. Yeah. And in doing these podcasts, it's like, this is the most important thing for me to do. And if I do nothing else other than record three or four podcasts a day, like, I feel like what I'm doing is more important marketing and scaling than anything else I could possibly be doing. Exactly. Like, think about, think about like, what effect is it going to have a year from now doing 70 podcasts? Or I listened to Jack Welch. I think it was Jack Welch. Um, Chicken Soup for the Soul. He did all those books, but, it, you know, like business guru yeah. now. And it's like, oh, how did you become so successful? How did you market your book? He's like, I did a radio show every single day for a year. Yeah, like, that's all I did. Just every day I just showed up on one radio show. Didn't matter who it was. 
you can't like, there's literally no way that you will not be successful when you do that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So for yourself, um, obviously we, we had the, we're still ongoing with the, the pandemic. Um, so did that affect your business at all, Jonathan? Um, of course it did. Yeah. Kicked us in the nuts like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously on, on, on the other side of this, you know, coming out, you know, everybody's getting vaccines and, you know, we're, we're coming out of it now, hopefully, you know, um, as, as would you say that your business has, has grew over, you know, I don't know if you guys had lockdown over there at all. Yeah, we did. I mean, our, our business shrank, but it was actually good. Um, I mean, we did. Uh, Ontario had big lockdowns, but my business is international. We'll sell to 100 countries every year. So yeah. what, what it's like in, in Canada or Ontario specifically is kind of irrelevant to my business. Um, you know, we, we didn't have a bad enough year that we, that we registered or were, you know, able to take advantage of any government loan programs or anything, put right. it that way, yeah. you know, but it's our business. It's interesting what happened to us. So the majority of our business used to be selling a course called the online trainer Academy, yeah, that's right. which is a, which is a certification program for online fitness. It was the first ever certification program. It's the only textbook. And up until last year, we had the only real curriculum in the world on the subject. And we had been teaching this for eight years, right? It's a massive head start. So when COVID hit last year, last March, March 2020, give or take, all of a sudden, when all the shutdowns started to happen, all of a sudden, we had the one thing that everybody in the fitness industry needed, right? So it was just like, boom, our business exploded last year Yeah, when COVID hit. And... Uh, because, because we had the only supply and demand artificially rose to a pretty extreme amount. Yeah. Well, what happened was throughout the year, every other education company in the world and every Instagrammer with a thousand followers or more, all of a sudden became an expert in online fitness business. <laughs> and so supply started rising steadily, which was fine when demand was still high. Well, once you know, many parts of the world started to open back up, give or take in May of this year, all of a sudden demand went back down to its normal levels and supply was still high. So we had a great year financially last year. And then this year in May, our sales fell off a cliff. Yeah. Completely fell off a cliff. And, uh, and they haven't, they haven't come back. Yeah. You know, come back a little bit here and there, but they haven't come back. Because what, what we had was great for the time, right? But the world has changed considerably and our business was very frail. And I think that's one thing that COVID did is that it made people recognize that even if things were going okay, they had a pretty frail business model. Yeah. And I got, I got cocky. I mean, we had a good year last year. I started growing, right? I started hiring all these senior staff. I started hiring people away from large organizations, VPs, whatever giving all my people big titles, massive overhead. In the last three months, I've cut $2 million of overhead from our company. Wow. And I'll tell you, man, things have never been better. But we needed, so, so we had our COVID, we had our pandemic moment this year. And what it did is it did what black swan events, what pandemics, what they are supposed to do, which is break down shit that was never that good to begin with. Yes. 
but never quite bad enough for you to do something about it and make it bad enough to do something about either you shut down and do something else or you get better. Yeah. And we're getting a hell of a lot better. And we're cutting all of our overhead, but yeah, man, it was painful. Right. And that's what happened to everybody in the fitness industry. Right. A lot of trainers kind of had this business where it wasn't quite good but it wasn't quite bad enough. They were just yeah. sort of gliding in the worst place to ever be in business is doing just okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause cool. if you're doing, if you're doing like, if you're doing really good, great. Obviously things are great. If you're doing really bad, then you're forced to do something about it. And what COVID did to the fitness industry is it basically did one of two things. Either people said, well, this sucks. I'm out. And they left. Yeah. Right. They became a real estate agent. They started day trading cryptocurrencies. Like they did whatever people do when they leave the fitness industry. Or they, I, I'm joking, but like the truth is, for some reason, an uncanny amount of people who leave the fitness industry become real estate agents. But, but the, or, you know, people realized that they needed to get more serious about what they do. Yeah. And, uh, and I look at that as really positive, you know, while there was a lot of pain to me as well throughout, the fact of the matter is the fitness industry has never been stronger because a lot of the nonsense, a lot of the garbage, a lot of the people who didn't really care are simply gone. Yeah, exactly. I totally get that. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's made everything a little better. You know, I, I, your explanation there couldn't have been much clearer. Um, totally agree with that. So for yourself, Jonathan, um, what's your take on mental health with health and fitness? Um, would you say it's a good advocate? Um, you know, oh, for having sure. gyms open, you know, people exercising, you know, that given that, that time of the day just to escape from all the problems, you know, even if it's just half an hour. Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking about this as somebody who's never suffered from serious mental health disease or been affected by anybody who's ever suffered by mental health disease. I think it's important to just come out and say that. Yeah. Because I can't really begin to comprehend how difficult it must be. And so for me, Days are better when I exercise. Yeah. There's no question. A day where I exercise is always going to be a better day than a day that I don't exercise. I didn't exercise today because I was on my ass yesterday sick. Probably the norovirus. We don't really know. Basically like a 24 hour, like just kick the crap. You know, I got out of bed at noon. I went to bed again at 7 p.m. Yeah. And so today I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good, but I'm going to skip the gym. I'll tell you right now, I'm not feeling as good yeah. as I normally do. Cause I normally at the gym at 7am. Okay. And so I think it's huge. I mean, it makes me feel better, right? It makes me feel like I'm in more control for sure. But in terms of like actually commenting on how it affects mental health for people who really suffer from mental yeah. health problems, you know, diagnosed, whatever, I just think, you know, I think that the stigma around mental health needs to go away. Yeah. More than anything else. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Jonathan's 
pet hates within the health and fitness industry. Okay. Obviously, I think you brought it up. So I think you brought it up how um, during COVID, everybody on Instagram became um, business experts. Yeah, and, right. Yeah, so um, things, things that... Isn't that funny you know, how that happened? Yeah. Hey, by the way, I did this one thing one time that I had a tiny modicum of success with. Um, I'm going to teach you how to do it in your situation now. <laughs> like, what a ridiculous concept, right? Yes. <laughs> um, so things that, uh, you know, may annoy you if you were to go into, uh, you know, how they put it, you know, one of your big gyms, you know. So if you were to go to your local gym, the things, right. you, know, you know, for example, um, young guys sitting on a bench, scrolling through Instagram, just chilling. <laughs> I mean, I don't really care. Uh, you know, does it annoy me? No. I think that there's lots of, there's lots of little frustrations. The, the biggest thing that, that frustrates me is when, when people or groups of people or, you know, organizations, institutions, I call it the greedy big fitness institution. When, when these institutions pay lip service to actually caring and then their actions don't back that up, you know, they talk about how they really care about helping people and whatever it is. And then they sell the spammy shit. That's like, you know, get rich quick or get ripped quick type. Yes, exactly. You know, detox diet fad. And it's like, well, you say that you really care because you feel like that's how you should act. But then the minute that somebody is coming along and giving you a bit of money, all of a sudden, you know, you'll jump and take it. And so that bothers me for no other reason than it just kind of muddies the market. It confuses people. It's, it, it makes, it results in a lot of words that should mean something, stop meaning something. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of, well-intentioned people kind of get caught in the middle yeah and so i don't really have a good solution for it other than i just i deeply believe like on my instagram there's one line like about me it's bringing the fitness industry together totally. and the reason for that is i just i think that the good people of the fitness industry need to work together more and need to fight less and we need to vote with our attention and vote with our dollars more yeah um... and and when we do that you know everybody will win Right, because fitness professionals are leaders. They're the people who the rest of the population takes cues from to figure out what's the right way to act, what's the wrong way to act. You know, what should I buy? What works? What doesn't work? And when these people who are supposed to be leaders are posting just absolute nonsense, you know what what exercises that work well at get likes on Instagram is not what actually works in the gym. Yeah. You know, new fancy, newfangled variations or whatever. And then, you know, you have, I wrote about this last week because I was so annoyed with somebody who I respected previously. You have these just like, she's not, she wasn't even trying the Photoshop was so bad. And it was just this terrible Photoshopped image of her ass sticking yeah. out talking about how she has this booty burn and then selling her, her butt workout ebook yeah it's like the amount of damage that you're potentially doing there so that you make a couple bucks from selling your ebook yeah you know we need to call this out more like i can recognize it because i know 
what happens when you Photoshop? I know A, what body dimensions look like. And also I know what distortion looks like in the background when you do a bad job Photoshopping. <laughs> but a lot of people might not know that. Yeah. And it's like putting a booty band on your legs while doing an exercise is not going to get you a Photoshopped ass. Like That's just not <laughs> how it works. You know? Yeah. So, so it's frustrating. Yeah, totally. So for yourself, Jonathan, when, when you're in training or, you know, in the gym or in your garden, in the garage, um, what's your favorite exercise to do? My favorite exercise. I just like training. You just I like I training. Favorite exercise. Yeah. I just like training. I just like working out. I mean, my least favorite exercise is anything to do with legs. Okay. Uh, like any guy, but uh, my favorite exercise, I don't even know. I've always liked training back. Yeah, okay. So we'll Which I know a lot of dudes don't actually like a lot of the time. I'm trying to think what I'm enjoying right now with my current programming. Um, I'm, enjoying, I'm enjoying a lot of dumbbell pressing right now, to be honest, which is weird because it's not something that I previously liked and i think it's because of actually the loading scheme so i'm working with a trainer named brian cron right now and he kind of specializes in working with guys who have been lifting for a long time that are you know not young anymore i'm 36 i'm not old but like not young anymore and um and you know works with them to make like like physique like love to lift and just managing volume managing lifting yeah you know and it's it's pure physique it's like i don't really care how i perform anymore like i said earlier like I'm going to be able to kick the shit out of my friends and be really exploited for a long time. Like I don't need to work hard at that anymore. Right? And, uh, and as long as I stay out of pain, you know, my primary goal is to look good and I'm yeah. perfectly fine with that. And so, so he's, he's really good at training with that. And the loading schemes are interesting. For example, uh, those muscle rounds that we're doing. So it'll be six sets of four to six reps with a 10 second break in between. Which is actually at one, one round of that, Wondering which is you. actually a really interesting way to train. So instead of doing like a dumbbell, an inclined dumbbell press, yeah, where I'm doing, you know, three or four sets of, let's say, six to 10 reps with a minute and a half in between, I'm going to pick a weight that's maybe a little bit less. And I'm going to hit four reps. You take five deep breaths, which is about 10 seconds, and then four reps, and you repeat that six times, and then you're done the intensity is still up there. You're still challenging your muscles a lot, yeah. but the overall load, the overall volume is lower. And I just tell you, man, like my joints feel a hell of a lot better. So it's less about, it's less about the specific exercise, I guess, and more about just 17 years into this game and I'm still finding new loading schemes Yeah. for the same exercise that I'm benefiting from, which no. tells you something about why you should hire a coach. Yes, totally. And for yourself, what, what's your best memory of your entire journey? If you could pick one thing. Mm, my best memory. I'll tell you, some of my favorite memories are, were, I, so I've traveled a lot over the years. The last nine years, I've lived four to six months abroad every year. And I'm living in Mexico at the moment for the winter. And um, I love traveling. I love living abroad. I love living in other communities. Uh, and I also love escaping the Canadian winter. 
<laughs> and so like we're living in a little Pueblo in Mexico right now. Like it's a community, right? We're yeah. not living on a resort somewhere like now nah, we're living in a community. And, um, and my best memories over the years training have always been hiring trainers in other countries. And it's expanded my repertoire so much. It's expanded my physicality so much. Uh, in Costa Rica, Ricardo had a basically a jungle gym type thing in his backyard. And he ran something called Nosara Functional Fitness. And he was trained in the tack fit system. A lot of club bells, a lot of body weight movement, a lot of kettlebells, a lot of yeah. that type of stuff. In Greece, we lived in a little town called Amudara, which is about 20, 30 minutes from Heraklion in Crete. And, uh, and the one guy in town there that had a little personal training studio at his parents' hotel was an endurance athlete. So he trained me like an endurance athlete. In Mexico, I had a trainer who was a boxer. So trained me like a boxer. When I left Greece, we went to Montenegro. In Montenegro, the only person who had a gym uh, was a very old school Soviet style five by five barbell guy. So I trained yeah. like a five by five barbell guy. And, and the list goes on, right? And so, you know, expanding the repertoire that way and just like for two or three months, I'm just going to train like this. Just because why not? It's fun. Yeah. And, uh, and now, I mean, everything works. It's just about finding something you like. And I love to train, but my favorite experience training is just, is just hiring good people wherever you go. And by the way, like overseas, you can often hire trainers really cheap, <laughs> which also helps. <laughs> Um, but it's, yeah, man, it, it's just, you know, I can tell you lots of stories of I've hired tons of trainers and, and I've learned something from every single one. Yeah, totally. And, and I love, I love the fact that, you know, you know, you've been so successful over the years, but you're still, you know, you, you still want to go and learn a bit more and, um, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're moving into another country and, you know, you're learning from a trainer within, you know, that country. And then, you know, you're same again, what, what you're all about, Jonathan, you, well, myself as well, building a network, you know, yes. within, within this industry. Massive, massive, man. And you learn, it's so interesting because you learn something from everybody you speak to. And this is not just like some new age, like, self-help guru like from every man i can learn something like it's true but you got to go out and you've got to you've got to find people and it's often in places you might not expect so like when i lived in hawaii i lived on the north shore of Kauai, and we trained at crossfit Kauai, which is a crossfit kilauea i'm sorry which was the town which was a little crossfit gym in the jungle on the north shore of Kauai in hawaii and um and so I trained CrossFit for, you know, whatever it was, two months. Uh, I, you know, CrossFit isn't so much for me, which is fine. I had to adapt a lot of stuff. I found yeah. I was really getting hurt. I started my, like my hip and everything started getting banged up. But one of the trainers there, his name was Jeff. And every time before a session, Jeff would gather everybody who was there for the, for the class and he would gather them and he would tell the worst joke you could ever imagine. The worst joke. It was awful. It was never a good joke. 
But the, how much that brought everybody together at the beginning of that class. Yeah. And then everybody was loosened up. Everybody was playing now, enjoying themselves now. I didn't learn anything about how to train well in those two months that I, that I did CrossFit. Nothing, nothing that I didn't already know. I mean, there was certainly stuff about training. It was just, like I said, that, you know, that, that the strict CrossFit style wasn't for me, but, but I, I learned about coaching. Yeah. And isn't that amazing? It's, it's, you know, it's, um, you know, what, what's the, you know, you know, from this industry, it's, it's hard to describe because you go through phases and then one one moment, the light bulb moment, and you're like, oh, <laughs> this is a new world again. Um, I, th- I think that's what's happened to myself with starting these podcasts. I started them in, I want to say, start of October. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I think it's just, it's given me a new, a new view for fitness as a whole. Um, but... So let's move on, Jonathan. Um, I know you. I sent. I want to. I want to cut you off there for a second. Okay. Because I don't want you to gloss over that point of, of what you just said. And I said this to somebody else okay. last week on a podcast. He was he was a relatively new trainer. He was in his first year and he started a podcast. And I and I asked him why he was doing the podcast. He said, "Oh, you know, I want to get my brand out. It's marketing." And I was like, "It's the wrong reason for you to have a podcast right now." Yeah. The, the right reason is because you have a podcast, you can get people who have been in the industry for years to mentor you for an hour for free. Yeah. That's why you have a podcast. Like think about what you're doing here. I mean, you're basically bringing in a whole bunch of people who are people who you wouldn't otherwise have had a chance to get to know. At yeah. least not this in depth, you know, like when would you and I have ever had an hour one-on-one conversation looking at each other in the eyes, completely dialed into one another? Yeah, prob- probably never. never. Probably never. Maybe one time if you bought me a beer, if I ever went to Glasgow. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> probably never though. We might've had some messages back and forth here, or there, but nothing. And so because you have a podcast you have an opportunity now to learn way faster. And so I said to him last week, and and you too, if you're an audio learner, you should do five episodes a week Yeah, for no uh, other reason. Yeah. Who who gives a um, shit if anybody listens? Yeah, bro. (laughs) Well, out there, you know, um, I was speaking to Dan John. um, Yep. I was speaking to Dan John. Legend. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Absolute um, legend. So I was asking him about, you know, obviously, you know, I've got so much content. And he was saying, he mentioned to me, he says, oh, if you've got so much content, Scott, because at, at this time I, I says to him, oh, I'm going to do one episode a week or two episodes a week. And he says, oh, you're living in 1980. Yeah. Um, yeah. He says, if I was you with the amount of content you have, put an episode out every two days. Um, and yeah. that's what I, that's what I do right now. So an, an episode is going out every two days until I've not got any more content, but that's not going to be an issue um, because mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to do this. Yeah. And I mean, do it, do it like, like, again, it's a matter of figuring out why you're doing it and going all in. I mean, to me, this is kind of like a theme to a conversation is 
what's the priority sequencing here? And why are you doing this podcast? What are you trying to achieve? Right? So, a lot of people who work in health and fitness are like, they're doing a whole lot of work and not getting very much out of it. Yeah. So for myself, as we've previously discussed, is networking as to, mm. and what you've just said to learn. <laughs> you, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, okay. So I've got a few questions before we round up. Um, I'll try to be as quick as possible here, Jonathan. Right. Let's um, do it. I know your time is precious. So in the industry, what's your best compliment you've ever received? What's the best compliment I've ever received? Yeah, the, or personally as a business, as overall. The, whenever, whenever I hear from maybe somebody who's opened up a gym or somebody who's more experienced in the game and other trainers are coming to them asking for advice. Yeah. And they pass along my book. They say, this really helped me get to where I am. And they buy that new yeah. trainer, a copy of the book to help them get started on the right foot. It's the best compliment. Okay. And what about for yourself on a personal level? What's your best accomplishment? accomplishment you've ever had just being able to being able to i mean even this past year i've learned so much as a business person you know a decade into business and and by all accounts my business has done pretty well you know i never anticipated it but by all accounts it's done really well and then and then we got kicked in the teeth this year yeah and to be able to a be in a place where we were so fiscally responsible that we had the space to do something and we recognized it. Yeah. But mostly just to say, okay, well, things have changed. Let's figure out how we need to change. And to go and do that is yeah. something I'm, I'm really proud of because it, it hasn't been easy at all, but it's just another, it's just another stage in the journey, man. It's just another thing to figure out, right? No matter who, you talk to everybody's got shit that they deal with. Everybody's got stuff going on behind the scenes. And, you know, in addition to all the business stuff that was going on, my wife and I have had four miscarriages, right? She got diagnosed with thyroid cancer, like just out of nowhere. I mean, it's been a hell of a year. Yeah. Right. And you just never know. Nobody looking at me would ever know that. Yeah. Right. But this is why it's just, it's just so important to just be kind to people because everybody's got, stuff going on nah, right totally and there's just no excuse to not be kind to give to know that there's always something behind the scenes to know that there's always nuance what you see in a two-second snippet on social media is never the full story nah totally um and so you will you always what i what i tend to see is you always see everybody's a side you never see the b side yeah yeah um, and then before we round up jonathan um what advice can you give to any youngster in, or it doesn't have to be a youngster, anyone of any age starting in the health and fitness industry for the first time? Get experienced. Yeah. Get experienced. Get a bunch of bodies in front of you. There's this big move these days to go online first and I'm going to make, I'm going to become a, six figure coach with no work and go online. It's like, nah, it's never going to happen because you've got to actually understand how the body works and get in front of bodies first. Yeah. 
I mean, I was, I was at the gym two weeks ago with a friend of mine, Andreas, who's from Sweden, but lives here in Mexico. We got to know him last year and this year again, him and his family were here and he was deadlifting. And I yeah. was at the gym, I was doing my thing. I was warming up and, uh, and he was deadlifting. He was looking at, he had an app or something that he was, he was looking at. I can't remember what it was. It was an app or a piece of paper or something like a workout, right? And his form was technically correct for a deadlift, but his form wasn't correct for him because everybody's different. Yeah. So what you read in a book of how to deadlift is not how the human body operates. Yes. And I could take one look at him and be like, all right, man, move your toes out, grip the bow like this, crank it. Let's see. Boom. Like fix him in, in a split second. It took me a few minutes to work backwards and say, okay, well, that form wasn't right for him because it seems like he's got a tight acetabulum joint, which means that he shouldn't have been like, you know, I could work my way backwards and reason it, but because I've seen so many bodies, I've put in thousands and thousands of hours coaching on the gym floor. I can do that. Right. And I can, and, and it's the same thing with online where you got to be proactive and lateral in your approach. You've got to understand how bodies work. You've got to get in front of a lot of bodies first before you can even begin to think about coaching them from a distance. Yes. And so I just think it's really important to get in front of real bodies first. I mean, and I'm the online training guy. Yeah. And I'm telling you this. Because um, you just won't do a good job. It's as simple as that. You just won't yeah. do as good of a job. No, fantastic, Jonathan. It's been great having you on. Um, before we finish up, have you got any questions from myself? No, oh, man, I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed getting to know you a bit. It's, it's, I think it's so smart that you're doing this and that you're aggressively doing this too. I think it's a big problem where people say, I'm supposed to do a podcast. I'm supposed to do Instagram. I'm supposed to do. And then they try to do everything and they don't go all in on anything with any real purpose. Yeah. Whereas you're sitting here and you're, you're saying, no, I'm going to like, like I want to network. I want to be mentored. I'm going all in on my podcast. Yeah. Brilliant. Like a podcast is a really shit way to build an audience, but it's a really great way to be mentored and build a network. Yeah, totally. Because like, obviously, you know, uh, the, re the reason I record it via Zoom is that so people can watch a video if they want to watch a video and then I, I put it on Spotify or SoundCloud, you know, right. um, if they want to listen to the audio. Um, but no, it's been really good, Jonathan. Um, but no, what I'll do is I will... I'll tag you in a post later um, and I'll email you the link when this goes live. Um, but it's been a real pleasure. Um, but thank you for giving me your time. It's been a real honor to have you on. You bet, my man. Thank Thanks, you so Jonathan. much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.